and welcome to the Grower Radio Network. I'm Matt McClellan. And joining me today on the podcast is the Garden Sage, Deborah Kanapke. Welcome to the podcast, Deborah. Thanks, Matt. So, Deborah is known as the Garden Sage. She's a popular speaker at professional symposia, as well as gardening events throughout the Midwest. She's very active with several professional organizations and has been appointed as the Honorary President of the Herb Society of America for 2014 through 2016. Uh, she's written five books and numerous articles, has been teaching horticulture at Columbus State for 20 years, provides garden design consulting in her spare time, and has crammed an amazing variety of perennials, trees, shrubs, and edibles on the two-third acre lot surrounding her home. Now, Deborah's going to speak with us a little bit today about edible ornamentals, something that has really been a growing trend in the green industry. Uh, so, Deborah, can you tell me a little bit about why you got interested in edible, edible ornamentals and what exactly uh, uh, people should need to know about these particular plants? Well, I've always been a grower of uh, fruits and vegetables, uh, especially herbs, which I love. And I realized that we had this trend of edible plants, and yet we had lost some of that, oh, I don't know, wisdom or what our grandparents knew, uh, grandparents, parents, etc., depending on your age, where people just threw some seeds out, they planted corn, they planted their tomatoes, and really didn't think about it. They just did it. And we kind of got away from that, and I was trying to figure a way to bring people back to edibles and also at the same time get them to understand that a lot of the plants that we use in our gardens today have many different functions. They're edible, um, they attract pollinators, they support pollinators, which is a huge issue uh, these days. They're dynamic accumulators, whatever. And a lot of this kind of came out of my studies in the field of permaculture. So what I wanted to bring to people, to my students, people that I lecture to, I wanted to bring this kind of marriage together of use and beauty, the functional aspects of plants, and especially when they're edible, not only for us, but for wildlife, because I think that's an important aspect of being connected with gardens and with nature. Okay. Now... I believe you have some rules that you usually give for edible ornamentals. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. And, you know, when, whenever I say rules, I say, you know, they're also, you might also just consider them kind of like guidelines. <laughs> uh, although these rules are, are pretty, um, I think, pretty strong when it comes into the edible world. But an edible landscape garden, for the, the first rule, and very important, is that they're environmentally friendly. They, uh, if you're going to eat the food, if you're going to eat a part of a plant, then you should be very aware of what you're putting in the soil or spraying on those plants. Uh, there's a huge discussion about organic versus conventional uh, herbicides, pesticides, um, fertilizers, etc. And that's outside of what we're talking about today, but you need to know what you're putting into your garden because you're considering eating part of that plant. So what goes into that plant goes into you. So environmentally friendly is, I think that's probably a very important rule. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the second rule is that edible landscapes 
are not low maintenance. As a garden designer, I often go out to a, a client and they say to me, I want uh, four season interest, I want color, I want a cutting garden, I want food plants, I want herbs, I want trees and shrubs, and I only want to spend one hour a month in my garden. So, and that's mm-hmm. not going to work. So the f- uh, fundamental principle number two is that edible landscapes are not low maintenance. Initially, definitely not, as you are prepping the soil, making sure that you don't have, um, uh, that you're getting rid of as many perennial weeds as possible. You will not get rid of all weeds, but at least try to get rid of a good many. And over time, if you have amended the soil correctly, and if you use mulches correctly, and companion planting and understanding which plants help which, and which plants bring in beneficial insects, then your tasks in the garden, nature takes over some of them, and your tasks go down. So initially, not low maintenance. Over time, the maintenance will lessen. Okay. What should growers consider when dis- when deciding sort of which plants to include in their in their lineups and from the edible ornamentals? Ah, uh, well, first of all, um, when we design, the first thing we put in, for the most part, are woody plants. So you really want to look at your your big trees and then your medium sized trees and your understory trees and then going into your shrubs. One of my favorite trees to include in any landscape, if it's appropriate, because you also have to make sure the soil's right and, and, um, and the siting is right, but one of my favorites is the amelanchia or the serviceberry or juneberry or whatever. And I talk about that plant a lot because when it's in, in bloom, the flowers smell so sweet. When it's in fruit, I make serviceberry muffins and serviceberry pie. And then I enjoy its absolutely gorgeous fall color, and then its beautiful bark in the winter. So I'm looking at, as, looking at it as a bee plant, um, an edible plant, and a beautiful ornamental. It's like the best of all worlds. And then you can look at some of the, uh, and that's a small plant. For your taller plants, you can look at um, your sugar maple. If you decide you might want to try to get maple syrup. Now, one tree is not going to do it, so if you have a larger lot, you might be looking at putting in more trees. So, you know, depending on how much space you have, whether you work with big trees, small trees, um, put in some pawpaws, put in roses for excellent flower petals in your salads and your food, and then rose hips for vitamin C. And, it, you know, you go on and on and on, and sassafras and the different viburnums. And then after you look at your woody plants, you go into your perennials and say, hmm, some of the stuff I can actually eat that's already in my garden. And after you've figured out what you can eat, then you start thinking about what other things can I put in that are herbs or, or spices. Uh, one of my favorites to use, once again, if it's the right site and there's good drainage, is lavender. <clears throat> because not only is it, does it smell good, but it is another bee plant. Um, it is a pest, or it's what's called an aromatic confuser, in that deer don't like it. The whole mint family, they won't come. So if you have a lot of mint around, or mint family members or species, then you might 
reduce some of your deer problem. No guarantees there. <laughs> so, because um, just when you think you have decided what will take care of the deer, they, they go into something else. Um, there are ground covers, there are vines, there are grasses. You know, the cattail. You know, some people say cattails are a problem, but all parts of the cattail are usable, and most of them are edible, and especially the new shoots of the, of the season in the spring are very tasty. You can make a flower from the uh, seed head. You can weave with its, with its leaves. It's an amazing plant. So there's a lot that, and so how do you choose? Well, you come to one of my lectures and you get my handout and you look there and you think, hmm, which one of these do I want in my garden? Which ones do I already have? It, it's a process of research and, um, and just deciding what looks good to you and, um, and talking to other people, master gardeners, and going to lectures, etc. So it's a, it's a huge thing. You know, I wish I could, I could sit here and talk to you about, well, you know, ask you questions. What do you like? What colors do you like? What kind of food do you want? And then we go from there. How's that for an answer? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to speak with us about some of these multitasking plants today. Yeah. And uh, it, it's fun. Absolutely. And if you want to find out more, contact Deborah through uh, her website, www.debrathegardensage.com. Or if you just like learning a little bit more about the topic, go to her blog, which is www.heartland-gardening.com. Again, Deborah, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Matt. It was fun. Oh, you're welcome. And thanks again for listening to the Grower Radio Network.